well, well, well. Hello and welcome to another episode, the 46th episode. Or wait, wait, no, I take that back. The 47th episode. Oh, we're getting old. Of smoking and toasting. We are. We're getting old. Creeping up on 50, my friends. Welcome to the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. And Ian, welcome to the show. And we have, as our special guest today, uh, your guitar. Yes, my guitar uh, is here today. If you're if you're watching via Facebook Live, we have one of the uh, one of the cameras trained on our special guest, which is Ian's guitar. Uh, so you've been actually bringing this to the studio the past several uh, episodes, but I don't think we've talked about it on air, so people don't know the story of this guitar. Well, this particular guitar is a we'll call it Robin. Okay, I okay. like Robin. Um, and uh, this was a new old stock guitar that I got from the Robin factory. This was actually. Uh, the body and neck were constructed and painted and finished in the uh, in about eighty eight or eighty nine is what I got mm. from the the owner of. It's uh, got Robin that Tech. sort of vintagey look to it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's totally ridiculous. Like, there's no reason for a guitar to be all the colors, but I love it because of that. It looks like a cheap trick guitar. Is what it looks like <laughs> it really does. <laughs> so it's it's pretty awesome. Um, and then, uh, well, what happens is I, I a lot of times either have a rehearsal after this. Or I'm coming from either lessons or some right, sort of rehearsal right. when I'm on my way here, and I don't want to leave it in the car because I mean, look at that thing. Yeah, you. How could you leave that? In the right. Car? So I ended up uh, 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 getting this uh, new old stock body and neck from Robin, and I built it up. It's got Rio Grands in it, and it's just it's just a ridiculous, it's a beautiful, awesome guitar, beautiful yes. and awesome guitar. Right. And I and I will say. You know, you say, well, what does it have to do with with the uh, you know smoking and toasting? And I would just reply that, you know, I don't I don't know if the guitar smokes, but I'm certain it has been in many a smoky room. Well, and I just lifetime. I just want to put this up here too. And this had absolutely nothing to do with it because I I'm not sure whether I got the guitar or the shoes first, but my shoes actually match this guitar. Well, I'm putting this right here. That's just how cool you are. That's just yeah. how cool you are. Hold on, hon. there's my shoe. You know, Ian and I talk yeah, often about that's how much they match. Yeah, Ian and I talk often about how much you know we geek out, and he's like, "Yes, but I'm a geek about stuff that's really cool." Yeah, I'm a that's, geek about stuff that's super cool. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the proof of it. Right and now there. I'm wearing one shoe. Well, welcome to show number uh, 47. Our uh, focus today, we have a lot of things to to, uh, to cover, and we have some great tasting we're going to do. Uh, but we are going to uh, pass along our cigar party. Do's and don'ts. Now, a cigar party can be identified as a herf. That's spelled H-E-R-F. Herf. Herf. Are you familiar with that term? I didn't know that that was the name for a party. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I know that those little containers are a lot of times referred to as a herfador. A herfador, yes. But now it makes sense. Uh-huh, well, I feel like I've just gained much so knowledge. So a cigar herf is basically a cigar party where people come and share guitars, uh, guitars, uh, share cigars and, and, and you know, uh, whiskey and other things. So uh, we've had a few of these. It was kind of like that during our broadcast last week at um, the Man Cave. And by the way, we want to thank those guys big time. What wonderful and generous hosts. And uh, our guest, uh, Trent from Oliva Cigars, was great. And of course, Always wonderful to see our friend Chris from the Houston Whiskey Society. Uh, but what a, what a fun show that was to put together. Oh, I had a blast. Yeah, and I could I just blast. hang out there like for hours. In yeah, fact, we, um, we, we, had that, uh, we had the music meeting afterwards, so we had to get out of there kind of quick. But, but um, 
Yeah, we could have hung out there all day long. Those that, guys are those, just those, yeah, so just, fun. just top flight guys. So uh, we want to thank them, and we'll be back there, and we'll be uh, probably getting involved with them in some of our future projects. Speaking so. of which, um, uh, so from Oliva Guitar, uh, guitar. Oliva see, now guitar. See, we're both doing cigars. That. Oliva Cigars. Um, my cigar that I had this week was a gift, and um, it was an Oliva Siri O. Oh, the Siri O. Yes, and is that now that is that the one that's slightly box pressed? This one was a Churchill slightly box press. Yeah, yeah. And boy, was it good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, most people, I think, are pretty familiar with the cigar. Uh, it's about medium to full. Um, it's a great smoking cigar. Like, this thing smoked pretty much impeccable from beginning to end, a full Churchill. It was great. The, the flavors developed wonderfully. The the burn was impeccable about it. It's a it's an industry standard, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're not expensive. I mean, they're no the Serie is very affordable. Yeah, they're yeah. I think they're in the seven dollar range for mm-hmm. for a uh, for a Churchill, which to me, for as good as that cigar is, puts it definitely priced for quality. Somewhere in the neighborhood of six to seven, easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. you definitely get more than you're paying for on the that. construction on Oliva's is always just superb. Yeah, I've and found, you and know? you know, and to me, like uh, with Oliva, one of my favorite. Like I just toss them in my pocket because you can get them in the little tubes. The little metal tubes is the uh, the nub, mm-hmm. the, the nub Maduro. I love those. That's that's one that I carry around with me a lot of times if I'm going out. So yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. I smoked it. It was a gift from uh, the ambassador last week, uh, and I thought, you know, we'll just have an all of a week this week. <laughs> Oliva, I keep Oliva. doing. I keep yeah. saying it wrong. Oliva. I've noticed a lot of people actually struggle with the pronunciation for Oliva. You know, and I know the pronunciation. I keep struggling with it. <laughs> well, we only know it because we were with the guy. We heard him say it. That's the only reason. You know, I've pronounced stuff like so far off on this show. It's like I don't even pretend to know. Uh, well, so, you know, yeah. so we had fun. We had uh, this. That was a that was such a good cigar, and I appreciated it. Um, I had that sitting outside. I have a. Uh, a little kiddie pool that I put up in my backyard. It Tell sounds me ridiculous. About this. Yeah, yeah. And I and I sit out there, and it comes up to like when I'm sitting down, it comes up to about my armpits. So it's perfect for me to sit in and have a cigar and a beer. So we were speaking of having cigars in the pool. Uh, we had your wife's uh, birthday party at the pool at my building over Fourth yes. of July uh, weekend. That's a beautiful was, place, by the way. It, thank you. It was great fun. I enjoyed the pool, but you and I were in the pool, and I think we'd both had. A couple of drinks. There was a drink. Yes, and uh, at one point I'm smoking a cigar, and at one point I'm, you know, gesturing with my arms and literally just whoosh, dunked the whole cigar right into the pool. <laughs> I was so bummed because it was a good one too. There's no recovering. Uh, no, you just you just get up and light another yeah, one, yeah. and that's exactly what I did. So uh, I had a pretty interesting cigar this week. I smoked the Partagas Cifuentes uh, Maduro. Uh, Toro, and this is a that's a lot of syllables. That, yes, it is. Well, the, the cigar that came out, uh, I'd say maybe four or five years ago, and it was a um, uh, what do you call it? A, a, a meeting of the rollers between oh. the Partagas people and the Cifuentes uh, people. And uh, this particular cigar is an extremely dark Maduro. It's almost what you would call an Oscuro wrapper, where it's so deep, those. night black colored. It's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's a Connecticut Havana Media Tiempo wrapper. And I don't know what that is, except it sounds like a place where you would get really good fajitas. Uh, but it's a, a Dominican binder and filler. So it's a it's a Dominican um, uh, construction with a Connecticut shade wrapper, but Maduroized to the max. Uh, the pre-light 
it was the honestly the most chocolatey cigar I've ever just picked up out of the humidor and wow. smelled. It was just like loads and loads of chocolate. Um, no getting away from the cocoa and chocolate flavors once I lit it, but I, I like that. Uh, earthy uh, with some nuttiness and cream, which goes reasonably well with the chocolate. Uh, nice flavor throughout. Little pepper in the last third. It did start to canoe early on. Where you know uh, where, where you, uh, you get know, the rundown one yeah, side. Yeah, you get the rundown one side. I was worried about this one because I thought, oh man, I was really looking forward to this uh, to the cigar, uh, but I did a little bit of touch up. It seemed to straighten out reasonably well, and I was able to smoke the rest. So that's what you want to have happen yeah. when you have a, a cigar that does that to you. Uh, overall, it's not as complex as other cigars in its price range, but all very good flavors. It's about a six dollar cigar. So I'd say price to quality, I'd give it a five. I think you get exactly what you pay for in this one. It's not something I'm going to jump up and down and say, oh, my God, you got to try it. But I wasn't disappointed in it either. You know, Partagas had a, uh, an Oscuro uh, uh, wrapper cigar years ago that I used to get anytime it went on sale off of mm-hmm. a CI or one of those. And it was one of those where I got it like a five-pack as a throw-in with, you know, buy this, get that. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. It was, was that just, the Partagas Black Label? Is that Might have been what, that, what, that one. I can't remember exactly. I know that's I a darker wrapper. It didn't have a black label, though. It had a green label on it. Mm. Like, it had the... It was like the Partagas label in mm-hmm. green. I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm Man, gonna have to look. Man, it was so good. That was yeah. a great cigar. I'm gonna have that. to look. Those have been, uh, you know, uh, Partagas actually was one of my early favorite brands. And as you know, so many new brands came out. I kind of right. got away from those and and went back to uh, went back to them occasionally. Uh, but you know, I've had some. I've had some. Some of my wonderful early cigar memories, like the first year that I was smoking any cigars. Or of smoking Partagas cigars, just like oh yeah, I saved this yeah. one. It's special. It's a, it's a Partagas. So that see, uh, like to me, cool. that's a Rocky Patel was a bit like that. For oh, me, see, know? yeah, the early. I felt like Rocky Patel could do no wrong at the, the beginning of well, my cigars. The memory. early right, and by the way, he's still an incredibly talented cigar maker. And you and I just recently split a box of those fifty yeah, fives, which. Those are- that thing is amazing. Yeah, those are fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, that's about a, what, a $10, $11 yeah. cigar. So you're expecting amazing things from it, but it does deliver. It does, that, that, one, that one delivers. Um, yeah. But I will say that, uh, that yeah, in the early days of Rocky, man, it was like, well, what does this guy know that the other guys don't? You know, <laughs> it was that kind of a vibe. Well, also new know? and fresh, too, yeah. so, you know. Hey, the show is uh, now brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, uh, and they're opening soon in Dallas, and I understand they're opening another restaurant. I don't think it's going to be a B&B, but they're going to open another restaurant in uh, downtown Houston uh, sometime later this year as well. So they're they're on, you know, they're on a roll, they're growing and there's good reason if you've been to B&B. I mean, look, there's you have a lot of choices when you go to a steakhouse or a chop house. But a place that approaches it with the kind of sort of like food connoisseur vibe yeah. that these guys do, and yet still manage to not be pretentious. That's what I love about it's it. It's like, actually a little weird how well they balance yeah, that. Yeah, because you get, you've got this whole chefy vibe going on, and you can tell that from you know the way some of the sides are prepared and some of the appetizers. And, but you don't walk in there and go, oh, it's like stuffy in here. No, and they don't you make know? you feel that way either. Yeah, and they have a great smoking area up the top, and they're a uh, sponsor for this show, so thank you to B&B Butcher and restaurant we love you guys and with any luck we'll be doing the show live from there next week that's 
That's the tentative plan. So That sounds great. All right. A lot to cover. There's so much cigar and beer news, and we have uh, it coming up in the next segment, we're going to try J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale, the 2001 limited edition. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, episode number 47. Uh, we will be covering cigar party do's and don'ts uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, this is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are brought to you by the fine people and delicious food and beverage makers at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Avenue in Houston. Very likely we'll be uh, doing next week's show from there. So I'm excited about that because that means, that once again, I'll be close to that bacon. So <laughs> that bacon is so good. It's we're like, totally gonna, I have dreams about yeah, that bacon. Gonna... Um, so it's been an interesting. Uh, you know, we had we have had a couple of uh, uh, very packed shows the past couple of shows. We haven't had a chance to really delve into some of the stuff that's going on in the world of cigars and in the world of um, you know legislation and and all of that. There's constant churn uh, out there in the world that affects uh, cigar smokers, and it's getting it's it's a little bit difficult to get a bead on the current administration and how that impacts cigar smokers and uh, premium cigars. Uh, For example, Trump, you know, uh, in a recent, you know, keeping, I guess, of a campaign promise to Cuban Americans uh, has rolled back some of Obama's open door policy on Cuba. Uh, At the present time, you can still go to Cuba and bring back cigars for personal consumption. But traveling there has become more difficult, and a lot of people think this is the first step towards what will be another step to kind of put things back almost where they were. Now that's speculation; that's not official from, you know, from the uh, from the government uh, mm-hmm. itself. But uh, it, it does feel like a step backward, at least for the normalization of relations with Cuba and something that could eventually get Cuban cigars flowing freely into the U.S. again. Uh, On the other hand, the new FDA commissioner, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, has acknowledged the concerns that small businesses face over the agency's regulation of the premium cigar industry. And he said he'll work with legislatures to mitigate or with legislators, I'm sorry, to mitigate the unintended consequences of these measures, which is kind of like highfalutin government speak for, okay, I get it, we'll try to work something out. And with that in mind, the um, the first sort of like amendment to this thing has apparently passed the House. The FDA premium exemption language has passed, not the House, but the House Subcommittee. So the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Agriculture. Uh, just this last week, advanced legislation that includes a rider which will exempt premium cigars from this new U.S. Food and Drug Administration regulation, the one we've been uh, talking about uh, for all this time. Um, so obstacles do stand in the way of this bill becoming law, but it is steps in the right direction. So, yes, definitely worthy of some applause. So I know that's like boring legal stuff, but when when you have to go into a cigar store, you know, uh, six months from now, and the cigar you buy has a huge warning label on it that's bigger than the cigar itself, it'll be because of things like this bill, unless this, you know, exemption language Right, and get, I think eventually what's so. going to happen, if you're a cigar smoker, you are actually going to be required to put a warning label on your forehead yes, while I you're think smoking so. a cigar. <laughs> 
Attention, right. everyone. I like cigars. <laughs> Eventually, just having a warning label on a cigar is not going to be enough. You're going to have to wear like cigar warning label shoes or something. You know, I, I do kind of long for the old days when when government officials you know, really just kind of told it like it was. Um, I have a quote from Abraham Lincoln, who, by the way, he was is, a government official. He was a government official, and one of the, probably one of the last presidents that that you know, at least historically, everybody agrees on. Right? He was. I a, have a whole book of quotes he, yeah, by him. He by was. The way. He was Fantastic. a Republican, but most Democrats loved Abraham Lincoln. Yep. You know, so it's like uh, he's he's the last unifying figure in politics <laughs> in our history. Right? He was also a distiller and bar owner before he became president of the U.S. and he sold whiskey primarily. And this is, uh, there's just a wonderful quote here. Apparently he was told that General Grant was drinking whiskey while leading the Union troops into battle. And he needed to do something about it. And here's what Lincoln supposedly said. Uh, He said, find out the name of the brand so I can give it to my other generals. (laughs) (laughs) He also said, by the way, of drinking, that it has long been recognized that the problems with alcohol relate not to the use of a bad thing, but to the abuse of a good thing. Yeah, that's a well, that's, a, that's, that's a, great a great quote. There. quote. Yeah, so there you go. Little little history, little politics, little Abraham Lincoln, and how about a little beer? So I have this um, J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale 2001 Limited Edition. Now you brought this actually to my house a while back. I did, and uh, we didn't wind up drinking it then. And so we said, "Oh, we'll bring it in on the show." And then we brought it in last week, but we had so much going on. Well, last the problem week. we had was Christopher brought in so many good. Whiskeys, and you know that we someone, drank whiskey. When I'm when, so when someone else drinks the brings the whiskey, you almost <laughs> are like, "Ooh, we got to try that." And yeah, you know. especially because he's always got stuff like, like you yeah. have to try because this you can't have this you can otherwise. Never find. Right? Yes. Exactly. So we, you get a little exclusive with that. So of course this got pushed aside because it's in a bottle and we can have that. But this is one that I've actually had um, in my refrigerator for probably almost uh, like eight months or a year. Even. So what can you tell me about this beer? Well, so J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale 2001 Limited Edition is a barley wine style ale. Oh, see, here we go. I know what you're thinking. Opening Ian with the with barley wine. Barley wine? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> Next thing you know, I'll bring an IPA on the show. You it's just... 11.5%. <laughs> Holy cow, and we're going here first? <laughs> yeah, this oh is where God. we're starting today. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> what a show. You pulled this one out first. What a so show. You know. Now, see, I thought that just because of some what some of the other ones were, I thought maybe this should be the first. But obviously, I was... Uh, Oh, well, let's do it first. So what this is a selection, uh, and I know I'm a, a bit of a creature of habit, but I like my uh, D&W uh, beer and wine store over mm-hmm. off of Richmond. Oh, of Houston. course. It's a great place. And uh, they're so nice over there. And this is one that was recommended to me from He said this, and he has a whole bunch of these in different years. But he goes, this one. That's the 2011. Like, like, yeah, this is the 2001. Oh, 2001. Yes. Oh, my God. And he goes, you like barley wines. This is the one. So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to have this, and we're going to try that out and see what Now, we have sampled, I bet, a half a dozen barley wines on the show. It'll be interesting for me to see if you like this one better than any of the other ones. There, well, there was you one. You loved some of those. There was one that I did not love so much. Yes, but I would say most of them, though, you've raved about. And there were a couple that you were In like, my defense, that was an American-style barley wine and way too hoppy for any style barley wine. And if you listen closely, you'll know what one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So this, however, oh, it has that smell. It has that look. Mm-hmm. 
Can't you smell that it smell? It has everything. Oh, okay, got you. You guys are going mm-hmm. the other direction there. All good. All right. All right so yeah, this, this smells is, I would describe, immediately like dates and raisins. I would describe this um, visually. I would describe it as murky. You know, that's the word I was going to say. You just stole that right. Get out of my head. It's creepy. No, I mean, seriously, you don't want to be in there. It's creepy. It, it, yeah. <laughs> this lo- I, it almost looks like something, and I don't, I don't mean this to be negative, but it almost looks like something that if I look at it for too long, I won't drink it. This looks like muddy water. This Yeah, it does. But then, then you get This is get a blues it, song happening you right get here. It, right. <laughs> but you get it close to your nose, though, and you start pulling in it that- smells uh, pretty amazing. Mm, that's, that's barley wine right there. It's thick, too. Like, if yeah. you look, the, the uh, consistency of the viscosity, if you will, is a little bit thick. What is your- uh, I haven't tried it yet. What is your wow. first- um, I, I will tell you- I love the flavor, but I'm going to have to take a moment to adjust to the thickness. It is almost like drinking a syrup. It's it's a little, uh, yeah. And I got the end of the uh, I got the end of the bottle, so I, mine's mm-hmm. actually a little chunky on the bottle wow. too. Yeah, well, I, I, think mine is, <laughs> I see all kinds of stuff floating around in there, and I really don't want to know. Uh, you know, it is. Mm. It's incredibly thick. It's incredibly sweet. It's ever. This is everything a, like a real traditional barley wine is supposed to be. It's delicious, but man, is it thick! It is like cough syrup thick. Yeah. Oh yeah. You it's, know, it's <laughs> doesn't taste like cough syrup. No. Don't let me uh, let me make that error. Think but. okay, brown sugar. There's mm-hmm. so much brown sugar flavor mm-hmm. in this, and um, mm. and cane sugar almost like it's crazy. It is. It does have a real sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Now I was. It's funny. I was attributing that to the sort of date and uh, raisin uh, sweetness until you said brown sugar, brown sugar and now and, all I can taste is brown sugar. And just, toffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brown mm-hmm. sugar and toffee is what I would categorize mm-hmm. this at. This is a brown sugar and toffee bomb. I don't know. Uh, Ian, I'm really enjoying this, but I'm not sure I could drink more than one. I'm not even sure I could drink a whole one. Uh, you know? Okay, so I love barley ones. I could drink a whole one of these, but probably not more than that. At this mm-hmm. viscosity, it's going to be pretty filling, too. Yeah. So the mouthfeel is just heavy. It's huge. I, this you know? may be the thickest beer I've ever uh, consumed. This will be comparable to like a white Russian in how thick it is. It's <laughs> it's seriously. <laughs> I think it's like it's comparable to like a simple syrup. It's like <laughs> like if you tilt the glass, it takes a second for the mm-hmm. for the drink mm-hmm. to catch. Okay, it's not quite that bad, but it's pretty close. And I will tell you, it doesn't help to look at it. No. Yeah. Now I I will say terrible. I will say this I am now picking up almost like a chocolate milk flavor. That's that toffee. Yeah. That's that toffee in there. Mm. Um so it's yeah, it's almost a vanilla toffee like the Heath bar, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Um so I will tell you after everything we said negative about it cuz it is it is murky. I've got stuff floating around all mm-hmm. over the bottom of this glass. It's thick. It's ridiculous. It's delicious too, and you love it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's see, that's the thing. That's it is the all these things, and it's delicious. J.W. Uh, Lee's gets a thumbs up on this one. All right, very interesting. I can't believe we opened with the thickest barley wine of all time, uh, but we will be back in our uh, next segment. We'll try something completely different. Uh, Shiner has a part of their Brewmaster series, uh, the new Hill Country Peach 
wheat. And so we'll be sampling that coming up out of the Big Bomber. Uh, plus, time to see what Jimmy's been up to. Yes, yeah, cigar party do's and don'ts. What to do at your next cigar herfador thing, jig, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll uh, clue you in on that all coming up. It's smoking and toasting episode number forty-seven. My name's Cruz. My partner's Ian. Bobby on the wheels of steel. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant on Washington Ave in Houston. Thanks to those guys uh, for being such early and wonderful supporters of the show. Ian is still basking in the glow of this barley wine from last segment. And I can't believe, you know, usually we kind of try and structure the beers so we save the heaviest, you know, until last. That's probably the thickest and heaviest beer we've ever tasted, and we opened with it. So I don't know what we were thinking. You do it. realize we won't even be able to taste the next few beers. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I've been... Shatter peach, it tastes like barley wine. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, no, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll, we'll do a little palate cleansing here. In fact, I've already gone to something else just to uh <clears throat> just to try to make sure that we can do that so uh the uh, program is all about uh craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars and um you know cigar parties are becoming a bigger and bigger deal we're going to be working on our own cigar and whiskey event called the whiskey sniff 2017 it's already in its planning stages and we'll be telling you more about that on future shows I but actually- it'll be coming up this fall can hardly contain myself. It's really exciting. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. <laughs> uh, the Oliva Cigar uh, Company is going to be uh, jumping in and helping support. I believe uh, Man Cave Cigars is going to jump in and help support. I'm pretty and excited our, about our that. good friends uh, Chris and Yuante from the so, Houston Whiskey Social. Are if you're listening the first well. time, the whiskey sniff is a thing that I do where I smoke about a half inch of my cigar just to have the flavor. Mm-hmm. And then I go inside to my whiskey collection. And you've got a reasonably good-sized whiskey I collection. do, I do. And just so you know, a collection can be three or more. Okay. If you I'm have two, you. you're a little limited. But three or more, you should probably find yeah. something, unless they're identical. Um, but yeah, I go on the side of my uh, whiskey selection. I pop the tops and I start smelling it. And the one that smells right after I have that cigar flavor in my mouth mm-hmm. is the one that goes with that cigar. And, and that's the whiskey sniff. so fun because some days, and it also depends on your mood and what, you're, what mm-hmm. you've had. For, sure. Right. Yeah, what you've what eaten you've that day. Eaten that Absolutely. day. Those kind of things. Like it's the... It's it's just it's so infinitely variable, but it works every time, and I love it. Well, I love this whole idea, and so this is transforming itself into our first smoking and toasting event, which will be the whiskey sniff twenty seventeen. So I don't even have to describe it; I think you can understand what might be going That's on right. at this event. That's right. So, uh, so we'll be getting back to you with more about that, and uh, you know there will be there will be a ticket price, but trust me, it'll be one of those things where you get. Way more than what the ticket yeah. is is worth. So yeah. uh, it's just to help us, you know, kind of figure out who's actually going to be there and who's not, and pay the bills that we have to pay to make the event happen. So, uh, so we promise. Yeah, if we not, can pay for our party, we're good. Yeah, promise not to get rich on your dime, here, <laughs> folks. That's that's not what we're all about. Uh, so that will be a cigar party. Um, a cigar party might be Ian inviting you over to his place for a. Uh, 
you know, for a whiskey sniff at, at his house. It might Can be happen. it might be something at a cigar store where they have a cigar event. You know, uh, the Man Cave guys who mm-hmm. we had on last week have a number of these events, including one that's totally whiskey-oriented on Friday evenings, which we've got to attend. Yeah. I'm going to be going out and seeing our uh, friend Raphael at Presidential Cigars uh, on Friday. He's having a, an event out there. The Oliva guy is going to be out there, and, um, you know, there's going to be all kinds of whiskey and all kinds of I'm missing of things, that so. one as I have a gig tomorrow <clears throat> yeah. night. I have to, I have to go. Yeah. You know, play a bunch of music. But I was thinking that, uh, and I was looking through some stuff on the internet and uh, ran across some etiquette tips for a cigar party or a cigar herf, if you will, H-E-R-F. Um, and, you know, I read it through and the article was kind of lame, to be honest. So I thought, oh, I could I could write a better one than that. So I put together a few thoughts that I wanted to share under the headline, Cigar Party Do's and Don'ts. Okay, so under the don'ts. Yeah. Do you have don't bite the end of your cigar? You know, I I actually really did think about putting that in here, but that's almost just such a uh, like thing you should not do anyway. Okay. Like I thought maybe it wasn't. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I should have put it in. You're right. Also, do you do you have on there uh, don't, if you only drink whiskey once a week or twice a week? <laughs> um, don't tell me. How I'm ruining my whiskey by drinking it the way I like to drink okay, it. Okay, that's that's good. So this is you're going to like these. I think. Okay, awesome. I, I think I'm following you. Like these. So, <laughs> all right. So, so here we go. We, uh, these are cigar party do's and don'ts. This is etiquette, like Emily Post, right? <clears throat> Do bring cigars to the party to share. I always bring more than one. Maybe cigar. even one for the host, which could be a nice gesture, unless of course it's at a cigar shop. Because you wouldn't bring a sandwich to a restaurant, so that wouldn't apply. Sand to the beach, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Right, right, exactly. But, but yeah, if, if, you're, if it's at somebody's house, bring cigars to share and, uh, and be liberal about it. Because what's great about these cigar parties is you might think, wow, I'm going to give away all my cigars. But trust me, people are going to give you cigars. And this is a wonderful way of like trying new things and getting to share cool stuff with people. Well, so beers and cigars are kind of like that. It's like, yes. hey, I and love this. You too. should try it. And other people are like, no, I love this. You should try it. Yeah, absolutely. Whiskies. I would never have tried as many whiskeys as I've tried now if it weren't for Chris and Yuante because we had them over for a party similar to what I'm talking about here, and they brought all this whiskey. Of course, we had whiskey too, and they tried some of ours. But, you know, we all get to try new and different things, and it's it's really it's really awesome. Um, <clears throat> do bring your cigars to share. Don't, however, try to share your cigar with everyone. We don't yeah. want to puff on the same thing you've had in your mouth the last 20 minutes. Not so much. And don't ask me for a puff of mine, please. No, because yeah, the end of my just, cigar is very slobbery. Yes, I you promise. Just, I've been just, chewing you, on it. You don't want to go. slobbery, yeah. you know. So, so this is similar to your yeah. chewing on the cigar thing. That you've All right, <laughs> do's and don'ts for cigar parties. Do... Make sure to smoke only in the appropriate areas. Yes. At some people's houses, it's okay to smoke inside. Others have an outdoor area only for smoking. Be courteous. Don't try to go for your longest ash ever. You will wind up dropping it on your host carpet or couch or possibly your own shirt. Uh, it's it's just, This is not the time. The appropriate time to go for the longest ash you can possibly have yeah. is if you're outdoors- Mm-hmm. And uh, you're standing up. And there's no wind blowing. 
There's no wind blowing, <laughs> and or your guitar, your guitar. See, I keep saying that. Yeah, it's because of our <laughs> it's, guest. It's because Robin. of our guest guitar here today. <laughs> uh, and your cigar is, uh, if it's sitting in an ashtray, and all you do is draw your lips up to it and puff off of it while it's sitting in mm-hmm. an ashtray, you can try it that way too. Right. That's, that seems a little ridiculous, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do bring some food or beverage for yourself and to share, just like any non-cigar party. It's it's the same rules of etiquette, right? Uh, don't. Walk around the party trying to tell everyone that you only smoke Cuban cigars. Because you might as well just wear a shirt that says rookie. Last night. Or asshole. No, sorry. Two nights ago, I was told by a guy that you can't light a Cuban cigar with a cigar torch. Okay. You can't. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I bet I can. It would be terrible or some kind of travesty. I see, didn't see, you don't want to be that guy. Don't be, don't be a cigar jerk. You know. But if you walk around the party telling people, "Well, I only smoke Cubans," they're going to know you're full of it, right? They're going to. You might as well, like I said, you might as well wear a shirt that says "Rookie" or "Asshole" or whatever. <laughs> Asshole, yeah, yeah, you know, is beautiful. Yeah, just, just don't. Okay. Do buy something from the shop if the party is at a cigar store. Yes. Do buy something. Support the shop. Yes. It's just common courtesy. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but buy something, right? Don't. Crush out your cigar in the ashtray. For the love of God. That makes me cringe a little don't bit. Don't crush out your cigar in the ashtray. Just let it go out naturally. It won't take long. And it makes such a... You want your cigar to smell bad? Yeah. Stub it out yeah. in the ashtray. It will smell bad. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh, finally, do smoke what you like. And don't choose your cigar just to try and impress other people. Don't... Ask people to pull your finger. By the way, that's a good rule for any party, not just a cigar party. I want to go back to that last rule before the uh, pull the finger one. Uh-huh. Um, occasionally, mm-hmm. um, I buy a cigar that is something like 8 by 80 <laughs> You giant. The one that makes I will Gordo buy, not even work as a as a. Uh, I will a buy the most giant, ridiculous cigar if I know I'm going to a place where yeah. that would be funny. <laughs> And I'll smoke it. Yeah. Well, you know, again, smoke what you like. Don't. I mean, don't be afraid to try new things. That's what these cigar parties are all about. But uh, all right, we are opening. Uh, thank you. That that sounded pretty good. Uh, we're opening our next beer, which is Ooh. a Shiner Hill Country Peach Wheat Beer, and this is part of Shiner's uh, Brewmaster series. In fact, it's the eleventh in in that series. Now, I'm gonna while Ian's pouring this, I'm gonna tell you an interesting story about the Shiner Brewmaster series and fruit oriented beers um we tried one of these on an earlier show one of the brewmaster series it was the shiner strawberry blonde Mm -hmm. and although i think we were both fairly kind about it it was definitely one of it definitely was one of the least favorite beers that we tried from shiner ever or uh on the show in quite some time. I mean, I think we tried to talk about why you would like it, if you would like it, but neither of us were particularly taken. So, Shiner's with the made at the Spotsil Brewery, and I really like the Spotsil Brewery. Mm-hmm. That is one beer that I just am not going to pick up and drink if I have a choice. So, I'm going to tell you what happened, though. We got some people together for a company party, and we were getting a bunch of Shiner, and somebody brought some six-packs of the Strawberry Blonde, which is now available in six-packs. I had one, and you know what? I really liked it. Like, I don't know what happened. 
Like it was just maybe it was a different. It was I don't know. It was refreshing, like in a completely different way from how it was in the tasting thing. So I say all of that to say, you know, we don't know what we're talking about here. We're just telling you what we ta- like. You know, what? we're just kind of sharing what we taste. But sometimes opinions can change, and and we can be totally wrong. So now this is a Shiner beer brewed with Texas Hill Country peach and a mix of uh, two-row and wheat malts for a slightly sweet, refreshing ale, is what the bottle says. Ian, you've already taken a drink. What do you think? I have. We're actually coming up against a break, so I'm Mm going to tell you about it at the top Mm. of the very next section. But I will tell you this. It smells a lot like peach. Yes, it does. And (laughs) I will. I just took my first sip, and I'll tell you what I think coming back as well. I'm surprised the bottle isn't a little fuzzy. You're listening to Smoke and Toast, and I think I think the last bottle was fuzzy with the uh, with the uh, barley wine. I think that's no, no. You're fuzzy after you drink the last bottle. It's Smoke and Toasting. Back, smoking and toasting. We are brought to you by our good friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant, the wonderful place to grab dinner or go upstairs to grab drinks and a smoke. Um, they are just—they're uh, awesome. We love those guys. Delicious. We loved them before they were a sponsor. That's what—that's what's so cool when you get a sponsor that's somebody that you already really dig. You know? Yeah. Instead of like, imagine if our sponsor had been, "Hey guys, this is awesome. You're you're now sponsored by Bud Light." <laughs> you know? Right. And be like, "Ugh." Jack in a Box is Damn now sponsored. Yeah. Jack in the Box Although, is... let me tell you something. What's Jack in the Box? After several, uh, you know, uh, back-to-back hours of really awesome partying, there sometimes is no delicacy more sacred than a Jack in the Box taco, whatever that what thing is. What is it about that cheap-ass taco? I don't drop know, the entire taco down into the grease. <laughs> I don't know. Shell and there's, all. Like, there's that's nothing how they in it. there I should like, but no, man, is it good. And they're... For some reason, and they're so bad. Yes, but they're so kind of yummy. They're sometimes. so kind of yummy. I'll so. agree with that. All right, let's talk beer. We uh, both were sniffing and sampling, you know, just kind of sipping the Shiner Hill Country Peach Wheat uh, before right. the break. I'm not gonna lie to you. So during yep. the break, I drank all mine and then poured myself more. <laughs> well, because you brought a bomber. I guess that maybe speaks to how you feel about the beer. Huh? <laughs> and this is after a barley wine, so I'm uh, actually even more impressed. Uh, this beer is the Brewers Pride Craft Brew Number Eleven. A little Little something special from the little brewery in Shiner. It's the 11th in the Brewer's Pride series. It says, barely filtered, this brew has a golden hazy color and tastes like it came fresh from the orchard. But it's only around for a little while, so pop open a peach and enjoy. I also want to mention that for a bomber, it's very inexpensive. I want to say it's around four bucks. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so it's okay. not like it's a... Uh, it's not like it's one of those fifteen dollar or twenty dollar bombers. So you know? a couple, a couple quick notes. So first off, uh, whereas our last one was murky because it was dark brown and looked like you know mud that you dragged in off of your feet. However, mm-hmm. it was delicious. This you would call it. It's definitely cloudy. It's not murky because mm-hmm. it's too sunny looking. It's very right. It's cloudy. Well, that's because it's a wheat yeah. beer. Right, right. And wheat beer is but always it's, it's very got that blonde. unfiltered look to um, it. Yes. It's not thick like motor oil or used motor oil like the last one, nor does it have chunky stuff like the last one, which, by the way, was delicious. Um, this is very peachy. When you open the bottle, everyone in the room will know that you're drinking a peach-flavored beer. But, it's you, that, you know, peach-flavored beer doesn't sound that good, but this but I'm really noticing, kind of is that good. Well, I'm noticing the new trend here. Um, so mm-hmm. we used to be afraid of 
a lot of fruity beers. Because a lot of fruity beers were so sweet that you could almost not drink them a lot of times. You know, you're right. I remember some of like the blueberry beers and Uh, things like that that were out and they were just just cloying. Just too much or just, yeah, Yeah. had a stickiness to the flavor that Mm -hmm. you just couldn't. This doesn't. This has a crisp It's refreshing. And um, yes. And it's quick to the finish too. It mm-hmm. it doesn't cling. It doesn't do it. So, so it's got peach, and peach mm-hmm. is nice. Peach is a good flavor, um, and it finishes quickly. So I'm going to go ahead and say I like this because it's a nice like a, a bottle share like this is plenty for me. I don't know that I would drink this all day. I, but one nice bottle share in the summer. This is a great poolside kind of uh-huh. cold. Yep. Yeah, cold drink. And it's interesting. It's fun, and it smells great. Like it smells mm-hmm. like you're sitting next to a bowl of peaches. Well, I will say too that the peach flavor that this has is not that sort of like syrupy canned peach flavor. No. It smells like somebody just no. picked a basket of peaches off of the peach tree, brought them over, set them on on the table, and cut one open. Yeah, it literally smells like fresh peach. That's what's amazing is it doesn't smell like the canned process, any of that stuff. I will, it smells like fresh peach. I will be buying more of this. I like it. That's something I'll probably keep in my fridge yeah. to say, you know what, here's just something different and kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, I so, dig it. Yeah, I, I dig it. All right, so we're going to taste some rum in this segment. So why don't you go ahead and open this Pyrat uh, Exo Reserve, and Is we'll that talk how you about say it? that. Pyrat, Pyrat, I think. P y r a t. Pyrat, Pyrat, Pyrat. We we say Pyrat. I think you just went Pacific Northwest on me, but while you're while you're opening that, I'm going to share this with you. We talked about this on a previous show. <clears throat> that uh, Zemergy, which is a uh, magazine that has done now 15 annual Best Beers in America surveys. They're conducted by the American Homebrewers Association. Uh, they awarded recently, this is about uh, three weeks ago, <clears throat> Bell Brewery's Two-Hearted Ale first place, as in Best Beer in America. I could have told you that years ago. That is one of the best uh, IPAs that I've ever run across in my life. So let me run down the top ten for you because when we uh, the show where we talked about that we didn't have time to do that. So nice. Bell's Two Hearted Ale was number one. Number two was the Russian River Pliny the Elder. I'm not familiar with this beer. I've had it. It's but good. I'm going to come back to this. That was number two. Uh, number three was the Founders Breakfast Stout. So good. Hold phrase. Yes. Oh, there we go. Nice, nice. Number four was Three Floyd's Zombie Dust. <laughs> That's uh, good. Number five was Bell's Hop Slam. Uh, which I haven't was, had I think, that one. Is that a actually. double IPA, I believe? I, I haven't I, had I the hop, say it is. hop Slam. Uh, then in a tie for number six, Founders KBS, which is the Kentucky Breakfast Stout. That's a good one. Uh, and the Alchemist uh, Heady Topper. Those are tied for number six. Tied for number eight, the Sierra Nevada Celebration. Uh, which is the Christmassy looking packaging mm-hmm. one, and uh, Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA, which, by the way, I think is absolutely delicious. The okay, Deschutes so out of all squeeze. those, there's only two of them that I have not had. Well, you've uh, also had number 10 because we had it on the show, the Ballast Point Sculpin IPA. Which is delicious. Which yes. is also delicious. So, so that's the list, and now I have to read you this great article, or at least a piece of this. Russian River Brewing is the people that do... Pliny the Elder. Pliny held the number one spot in the Best Beers in America poll for eight years before getting knocked down to number two this year by uh, the Bell, uh, the Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. So the guys from Pliny's, and I, uh, which, uh, one, which camera should I show this picture to? That one there? 
Um, I don't know if you can see that, but I printed that out. The guys from Planes took a photo of their uh, people from the brewery standing around with uh, bottles of Pliny the Elder and posted it to their Facebook account last week showing a congratulatory handwritten note and a bottle of Pliny that says, Congratulations, you finally knocked the king off the throne. Please accept this case of second place beer out of sincere respect. That's beautiful. Isn't that a wonderful that thing? That is awesome. Now, you know, we'll talk at length, I think, next week about the whole craft beer versus big beer, um, you know, war. But one of the things I love about real craft breweries is a little bit of that spirit. That, yes. You know, that sort of like not. I mean, yeah, they're competitive. Of course they are. Yeah. But they're just, just getting in with each other and, and, and slugging it up. Kudos to them. Eight years on top, you said? Mm-hmm. Eight Holy years at number one. At number one. And this is years. a poll. like It's the American Home Brewers Association polling their members and people who come to their website. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, so that's a well, tough crowd to win over. Yeah. Pliny the Elder is a mighty delicious beer. Now, where did you have one? Because I don't know that I've ever seen it. I had a friend it. of mine that did some travels and came mm, back with one. Mm. And then he decided he was going to do a, 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 a copy of the Pliny the Elder. Oh, and how did that work out? And it was called, <laughs> what did he call it? It was called Pedro the... <laughs> I like it already. Oh, I can't think. I'll, have, I'll come up with this before the end of the show. <laughs> All right, but, so so you keep thinking about that. Let's shift to rum here because I brought in uh, the Pirate Exo Reserve uh, rum. And I want to say before we get into talking about this, that generally when we're having uh, a spirit or something um, on the show, I'll try to go on the internet and just do a little tiny bit of research, just even if it's just to like know where it came from, what its origin is. So in doing a little bit of research about this rum, I've discovered that it may be the most polarizing rum in the world. There are fans of this rum who are posting things about how much they love it and how they think it's the greatest. And there are people who hate it. Doesn't seem to be a lot of people in the middle on the um, the Pirate Exo Reserve. So I'm really curious. I haven't had it before. I kept this bottle sealed until we brought it in, which I also don't normally do. Yeah, <laughs> noted. But uh, but you know, I wanted to really do this as unfiltered as possible. You've already done uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a smell and a little bit of a taste by a little what bit yeah think? i've already drank about half of what i have in there i'm trying to decide uh it's this I, I just i love you man i just you're you're like the greatest guy to do a show with ever i just well to let me that. let me tell you uh so the first sip that i had i was expecting this to be like rum mm-hmm. this actually tastes more like a liqueur than a rum i was you know, trying to put I my wonder, finger on what it was it yeah, tastes I'm, it's almost like an orange and banana liqueur. Well, yes. I I wonder if that's why it's so polarizing because people who are more maybe rum purists, yeah, are expecting more of a of a traditional rum taste, right? And, and what they're getting here is not, more liqueur-ish. This is not a traditional. This is not what I expected by but any means. And actually, actually I had quite to, good. I had to drink a few and I had to swallow it around my tongue a little bit to really get the flavors. This tastes more like an orange slash banana liqueur. This is, mm-hmm. and then the consistency is almost more like a Gramignet. I was going to say it almost tastes it like even looks like it. It almost tastes like you could put it in margaritas to make it a like gold margarita. This would probably am, be amazing on top of a, a good margarita of, of a good tequila. Yeah, um, just because uh, just because of like it's so citrusy. Right. It it's is so citrusy very much like a Gramignet. 
And uh, and the finish is like a Grammy where it finishes up quick with that. It doesn't have that lingering spicy um, uh, 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 rum. Uh, what is it in the rum? The um, that sort of vanilla, uh, yeah, and, the, and vanilla the, sugar linger, the sort of oak and sugar. Yeah. Yes, no, I agree. Some of the people that I read online were saying things like, you know, I bought this, tried two glasses, and poured the rest of it down the drain. Like so just hating. This it. is orange rum. Orange rum. Orange rum. Wow. Like you get all the rum flavors, but not the heavy rum flavors. But then it's very orange citrus. Fascinating. It's okay. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's I'm you know I'm not I'm not against this though. Not I'm, I'm not either. Really I bet this is it. great as a mixer. Oh man, I, I I'm just thinking of it over ice cream. You want to pour the right? Uh, you want to pour the uh, viscosity motor oil uh, barley wine over ice cream? <laughs> I want to pour this over ice cream. Yeah, and this this has that that flavor is so orange. Believe it or not, we have a mega beer to taste in the last segment. We're coming back. <laughs> it's smoking and toasting. Welcome back to Smokin' and Toastin'. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry, and we are brought to you by the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant on Washington Ave in uh, Houston, and soon to be open in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I can't so. wait for that. I got some friends in Dallas. Uh, that gives me a good excuse to not only go up there and do a show. Yes. But hang out with friends. You know, I really want to see if we can go up and uh, do a show and visit the uh, guys at RAR, which is a great craft brewery. And uh, there's uh, there's so many great – RAR is in Fort Worth. There's so many great – uh, Deep Ellum Brewing up there mm-hmm. has got some really good things going on. So I uh, would love to. Uh, I say up there, like it's up like there. you it's know, Dallas. Far. Dallas is down there to most people. Dude, just to us, it's up there. Yeah, but yeah. but here in Texas, you say up there. First off, Dallas is the next city north. Yeah. Okay. Basically, it's five hours away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. In most parts of the country, that's I, through two other states. Yeah, I was going to say, when I lived in Boston, <laughs> if you drove for five hours, you'd be in freaking Canada. You so. know, just just a testament to how big Texas can be. Uh, my sister, uh, one of my sisters lived in Georgia, just mm-hmm. north of, uh, uh, in Kennesaw, Georgia, just north of uh, Atlanta. And from my doorstep here in Houston, it took, um, I think, 12 hours to drive to her place. Wow. She was so excited. Um, her husband got a job at Tech, so they moved to Lubbock, and she mm-hmm. got a job at Tech as well. And then it only took eleven and a half hours to get there. <laughs> and it was all, all uh, yeah. And it's only in Texas. I remember uh, <laughs> when I was in my twenties, I was living in San Antonio. I decided to move to Los Angeles, so I loaded up my car, moved to Los Angeles with no job. The first half of the drive was Texas. Yeah, the actual halfway point <laughs> of the drive from Houston to L.A. Is El Paso. El Paso. <laughs> exactly. And there's still another hour and a half or hour of Texas. Right, before you, you get out of Texas. Out no, I know that's totally serious. So <laughs> But the good news is there's so many great places to stop and have a uh, fine yeah. cigar or something to drink along that along that path. That's just it, it is really one of the great American things to do is drive that drive. You know, people talk about Route 66. I-10, baby. I think I-10 is even is even more I-10. awesome. Um, when you're stopping at one of those cool uh, little uh, drinkeries along the way, 
you might sit down at a table or at a bar and have them uh, slap down a uh, a coaster, one of those thin little, you know, uh, what are, what are those things made out of anyway? Those little coasters, They're pressed, uh, pressed, pressed, pressed barley paper, board of some sort, yeah, yeah, some kind of particle board kind of thing. Well, they, they, and 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 bartenders are obsessed about coasters. Oh, yes, yes, they they and well, you pick them they're up, the ones that have to wipe the bar. My so. favorite part is you pick them up and they're stuck to your drink. Yes, and, and then, then they you bring fall. it towards you, yeah. and so all the water that's collected on them has now mm-hmm. dripped into your lap in yep. one big. Uh, amount and then the coaster finally falls off. Well, maybe you'll like these better. There's a new line of smart beer coasters that have been released. Smart beer coasters. Tell me more. They use a uh, thin film, uh, which is made by Thin Film Electronics ASA. It's a uh, company that focuses on printed electronics and smart systems. So these coasters are these little electronic coasters that when you tap your smartphone against them tell you the story behind your beer all right i need to ask my guitar how it feels yes guitar how do you feel about this good good yeah. i'm glad to hear it <laughs> cool um what do you think about that like you're if you're sitting at a bar this could be a kind of a fun thing i think if it works, it's brilliant. I yeah. don't know what the cost of the coasters are, but I would take about 50 of those home. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what you do is you <laughs> tap your phone to the coaster. It takes you to a web page, and then you can learn more about what's in your glass. Uh, Oscar Blues, which makes the most excellent Dale's Pale Ale. That's very good. Yes. Uh, is, is using these, and they say we're excited to engage with innovative technology to bring a little more of the Oscar Blues brand right up to the bar stool. The 16-ounce Dale's Pale Ale draft cans tell the story of our heritage, and patrons can learn that story more easily as the coaster takes them right to the website, which I think is... Now, I will say this. I love the stories behind interesting and delicious craft beer. I agree. And that's part of the reason why I'm so psyched about this beer that you brought in, which is our final one, which is... The Dogfish Head. So first math. off, this brewery is all about stories. Yes. Dogfish Head. They have a story for every beer, don't they? They have a story for every beer, and uh, they're extreme. Like, Dogfish Head is extreme about everything they do. Well, their 60-minute IPA is brilliant and strong and, like, just... And then they have the 90-minute. The 90-minute, I think they really hit the spot. And then they have the 120-minute. The 120-minute is brutal and wonderful. And this the the minutes in these is about how long they're hopped, right? I you know More maybe that's it. Yeah. I think it is. Cuz I know that 90 minute uh that we had last time was closer to 18%. Well, the beer we're about to sample is a what they call a rarity at Dogfish Head. Oh my uh, goodness. It is I, I will tell you and this is the reason I saved this for last which put us in the awkward position of having that barley wine first. Uh, but this it is a, smells like a cherry biscuit. Okay, so that works because of what I'm about to tell you. It's a 17% uh, alcohol by volume, by the way. 17. <laughs> not 7. Not not to be outdone by our 11.5% yeah, barley wine right. that we started a, the show. So this is why I saved this for last. So here's the story. I went on the Dogfish Head uh, website, which is dogfish.com. Here's the story. It says, way back in the early 90s. I love that. Way back in way the early back. 90s. Uh, a 20-something waiter in New York City named Sam got a taste for small American microbrews. A doer, Sam stopped by a homebrew store and embarked on the first batch of his very own beer. On the way home, 
he spotted a bag of cherries at his local bodega and bought them, thinking they'd make his beer a little more interesting. He was right, and the day after he and his friends enjoyed the first batch, he started researching what it would take to open a brewery. The rest, as they say, is history. Higher math is a tribute to that auspicious first beer and celebrates 20 off-centered years of Dogfish Head. It's a golden, strong ale fermented with sour cherry juice and cocoa nibs, and it clocks in at 17% ABV. Oh, my God. (laughs) Higher Math has forward notes of cherries, pineapple, and stewed fruit. With late notes of cocoa, it has a lingering sweetness and a notable warmth from the alcohol. Okay, so first off, there is no doubt when you take a sip of this that it is 17%. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bigger kick than the rum. Not huh? in a bad way. Mm, mm. Um, second off, wow. wow, pineapple. No kidding. And cherry. And it's interesting because they talk cherry uh, more than they do pineapple in this write-up. But I get more cherry on the finish and pineapple up front. Yeah, pineapple up front. I think because there's a little bit of uh, sour to it that... Um, that really the pineapple, you know, like pineapple, especially uh, just fresh ripe pineapple, has a little sour to it. This has this very is, much of that. This is totally a sipping beer. I mean, I, of course it is. It's seventeen percent ABV. This, by the way, is thicker viscosity than that barley wine. No, yeah, look at no, this. Look nothing, at this. Nothing look at, is thicker than that barley look at, wine. Look at no, this. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Although it this does, is, it is sticking a little dense, to the glass. But but nothing is thick. You're just forgetting that barley wine was the thickest substance I've ever actually. Like poured into a glass and had to drink. That was that was unbelievable. Like I've had Jello shots that were thinner than the uh, than the viscosity of that uh, of that first beer that we had. That, I don't know. Uh, this is pretty. Ale. This is a pretty heavy mouth. This feel. is a thick beer and it's a heavy mouthfeel, but yet it's got the sweetness to it is a very light sweetness, which seems weird to say. Because, like you said, you can totally honey. tell that it's seventeen. Think honey when you take a sip. Mm-hmm. Honey and pineapple, like this is, this is crazy huge. Well, my this- friend, you do not disappoint when you bring in beers. You bring in <laughs> beers. I'm serious. You know, <laughs> one beer to rule them all. <laughs> See, I'm geeky. There can be only one. <laughs> oh my God, that, we have definitely way, had too much. Just of the so you know, that was a self-sealing plot. How did they come out with a number two? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, um, this is so good. Mm. Um. I'm trying to remember. I think I paid fifteen to eighteen dollars for this bottle. For this bottle, really? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, just for the experience, that this is worth it. Wow. This is delicious. Well, it's I'm, fun. I'm thrilled to share this with you. My it's friend. complex. It's got it's got some of those same notes. It's got some of the raisiny notes that the uh, barley wine had earlier. Mm-hmm. But it's got a lot of honey. It's got a lot of uh, the uh, pineapple, the cherry. A little bit of sour to it. It's it's pretty interesting. It's very fruity beer. If you're one of those people, and I have several friends that have told me that they're like this, that they kind of live vicariously. Well, that was lovely. Uh, that they kind of live vicariously through uh, our show. And I apologize for the phone. Uh, they live vicariously through our show in some of the stuff that we taste. It's not stuff they would necessarily go in 
to the store and buy for themselves, right. but they love like being able to hear about it. So if, if you're one of those people, you're welcome for this week's show because we had, <laughs> we had, we had such weird – like that rum, for example. Like that's not that's a rum a you want to go in and like rum, yeah. go right, off-center. And then these two beers and then the Shiner uh, Hill Country Peach. I mean it's like, wow, this was a really interesting show in terms of tasting something different. You yes, know? I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. You and seriously a, think this isn't as thick as no, the other one? No, it's not this as is thick. That thick. first one was, uh, I've never seen anything like that first one. It's like, <laughs> honestly, it was almost like some sort of alien creature when uh, it was it was in the glass. You expected it to kind of move. On. Do you ever have, uh, remember that stuff, slime? That was a uh, yes, yeah. That's what it reminded me of in in, in the cup. It was uh, not that I didn't like it, by the way. I thought it was, it was delicious. delicious. Okay, a couple of quick corrections. The first is um, on next week's show we will not be at B and B. We're hoping to be at B and B the week after that. So I had my calendar uh, off. So if you are looking and at so your- Jeremiah, you can stop. Stop yes, panicking. stop freaking out. Uh, we are hoping to be at B&B uh, for a live show on the 20th. Next week, we'll be talking with the guys from Swag Brewery who make, and I'm not kidding you here, hop-oriented soap. Soap made from hops. I'm kind of excited about that. Yes, it's going to be fun. Yes, um, You can be clean and, uh, and uh, delicious all at the same time, and that can be good. Uh, have a great week, my friends. Uh, I love doing this show and... Maybe it's because this is 17% ABV, but <laughs> wow, I'm happy and feeling good, and um, cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.